0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Redeem Midweek podcast. I'm Kurt, and I'm here actually with Liz and Dave. We're on our first uh, video podcast as well, so we'll be releasing this. So, everyone, say hi. Hey, hey. What's up? <laughs> all right. Well, hey, this is uh, just a time where we want to talk, have an honest conversation about fasting. And so, as you may have heard, our church is doing a Redeem All Church Fast from November 9th to the 25th. You can get all the details at redeem.church slash fast. But as Liz and Dave and I were talking, we thought, hey, let's get real specific and get real practical and have an honest conversation about what fasting looks like. This is one of the things that might be intimidating for a lot of people. And so we just wanted to have a, a, a talk about how fasting looks like in our life, how it's affected our prayer life. And so that's really what we're here to do. So, hey, the first question for, uh, we'll start with you, Dave, actually is what was your opinion on fasting, uh, kind of before you started your first fast?
1: And when was that? So I got saved in a pretty radical church and it, you know, we were uh, prayer was a huge thing. Um, so I got, I mean, I got introduced to Christ in, in a massive prayer emphasis and in evangelism. Um, and, but fasting, it was like, what's the point? Like, You know, I I literally in my mind couldn't put together like I'm praying constantly. I'm meeting with God. Um, We had tons of prayer meetings and it just didn't make any sense to me that by denying myself a burger that it would enhance prayer at all. So I was super resistant to it. I was super resistant to it. And, you know, I was young, too. I mean, I got saved at around 18 years old. And so it was uh, as a young man who played sports and active. I mean, food was kind of a God to me, lowercase g. So um yeah, but that was my opinion before I, I tried it. Awesome. What about for you, Liz?
2: I grew up in a Christian home and um the only person I ever saw fasting was my grandfather and he would fast every Friday for we we thought for the family. And so I guess I equated fasting to being something that you could only do if you were at a certain spiritual level or growth, or really if you were Old I guess and understood I didn't understand the purpose because I didn't I didn't see him eating um, I, we would in fact we lived up um, we lived with my grandparents for a summer more than a summer and so on Fridays when he would go to work he wouldn't eat and I saw that but I didn't necessarily see his prayer life which obviously he kept private and so I guess I didn't really see the connection that it goes together prayer and fasting and and then I think the first time that I ever t- tried it. I was not it wasn't that many, maybe like four or five years ago. And um, honestly, I was just filled with doubt and didn't think I was doing it right. And I, because I didn't know the scriptures, I didn't know what my grandfather knew about it.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. And that's similar, that's similar to me. So I, I didn't have any, I didn't grow up with knowing of anybody fasting. I think I grew up in a, a United Methodist church and And, you know, it was one of those things where you, you would hear it in church when they were reading a Bible verse and they would talk about like the Bible verse would say fast, but no one would ever talk about it, you know? So I never really saw fasting in that, in that capacity. And actually it's funny because I always thought it was just for the super spiritual. And so I figured people were fasting, but I didn't see any need for it. But when I was in college, I, I don't know how to say this nicely, but there was a friend of mine who was just an in shape dude. And, uh, and he fasted every Friday, completely not religious, uh, you know, not following the Lord at any bit. So for me, I didn't start to equate. So my first fast was actually, I tried to do the fasting on Friday, just to look good. Uh, And without the, without the spiritual side to it. Um, But, you know, over the last couple of years, um, Megan and I've actually started taking fasting seriously um, and so we we try to do I, I know it, it sounds crazy but we try to do one each week sometimes we don't we don't oh. get to it if we if we have if we have something that we know is important and we know that we got to be on top of our game sometimes we won't we won't fast that week you know uh, but we try to make it a regular habit and and it's been really good for us um, yeah. just in relationship but in prayer life as well and so I know that Dave, you and uh, Liz now, I think it, that's a similar story where fasting's is uh, kind of a ra- more regular thing than it was, obviously, when we were young. But sure. can you, maybe Dave and then Liz to you too, but Dave, do you have a story of where you're fasting and you, you saw some miracle or you got some insight or you, you saw some breakthrough in your, in your life?
1: Yeah, I think once I got to the point that I realized, you know, more about what it was and that uh, there's an eternal connection, there's a spiritual um, strength. To me, it's like uh, we're finite beings. We serve an infinite God. And if you're like me, you know, you can have this high mountaintop experience with the Lord. And then the very next day you wake up and you're like, man, why am I so discouraged in like little things like, oh, man, I got a bill from you know, the mechanic that was $20 higher and we're tired And all of a sudden it's like, God, where are you? You know? And I mean, that's a little exaggeration, but I'm like, man, when, when you have a lifestyle of prayer and fasting, and I'm just going to confess straight up. I, I talked about this in my sermon. I wouldn't say that the fasting part of this has been something that I've been um, really strong at. Um, I think my prayer life is strong um, but when I really started to fast for the right reasons with the right motives, um, I'd say the thing every time would be, there's just a heightened spiritual clarity. Like I'm able to hear God better. Um, I'm talking about like even song lyrics, like I listen to worship, you know, all day, This when I'm passing, when I'm driving, whatever, we're getting ready in the morning, um, song lyrics, scriptures will stand out to me more. It's like my eyes get clearer. My ears get clearer my heart becomes more sensitive um, even to conviction or things that I'm saying like, man, why did I say that? Where a week ago it wouldn't even have registered. Right. Um, so the little, th- it's not little, but those are like the little things. Some of the big things would be, we, we went on a fast, just asking God for direction. Um, we sensed like maybe we were supposed to move from Portland up to the Seattle area and we committed ourselves to, to prayer and fasting. And uh, one night we really needed a, a decision and long story short, one night we're at a conference and Cesar Castellanos, uh, pastor of the largest church in South America at the time, he got on stage and called Connie and I forward and said, God has a new direction for you. Um, it's something great, but you're going to need to trust him. He's moving you in a, in a different way. And uh, we walk back to our seat like we've heard from God. And would it have happened if we didn't fast? Maybe. But we for sure know that things like that happen when we do commit ourselves to prayer and fasting. So
0: for sure, for sure. that's one of the more amazing stories. I love that story of how you guys got up here and the the clarity on that. So I love that,
2: Pastor Dave. You, you talked about your heart being coming more sensitive because, sorry, the interviewer in me is like <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, <laughs> coming no. through.
2: But like I, when you read the verses about fasting, it's accompanied um, with with mourning and weeping. And um, I think sometimes, like especially with maybe longer fast, or I don't know, I'm sure it could happen even with day long fast. But just that the sensitivity of your heart allows you to to mourn and weep, especially if you're not like. That's good you know um, in a, like in a, in a sad time of your life, like if of course, if you're you know in a mourning time of your life, it might be more easy to, to cry and weep and stuff during fasting, but like for right now, as I'm reading through some of the scriptures about fasting, I am not in a state of mourning, and so I was kind of felt convicted about just like, should I be mourning our nation should we mourning the stuff that's going on or the, the world you know but I like what you said is that perhaps there's just a sensitivity of my heart that needs that's going to happen. that's happening
1: yeah yeah i can't remember what scripture i think i even read it on sunday but it talked about you know god god would uh cut away the calluses of the of our hearts and our children's hearts and hmm. so there is this uh there's a surgery that takes place where i think the world hardens us it's it's kind of like oxidization you know you get these cars down at the beach and they just start the paint just starts to fall apart and eats away so every day that we wake up like fasting to me is like this antioxidant right it keeps us from being rusted and hardened That's good. you know yeah good
0: what what about you Liz how has fasting played out in your in your life what have you seen from it
2: um, i was i was expecting a big reveal when i did this fast i did 40 days before my 40th birthday and oh. it wasn't it wasn't straight it was um i think i started sometime in like um uh, maybe september i did wednesdays and fridays until I turned 40, and it was, you know, for me, it was all about purpose, and direction, calling, and what do you want me to do, God, and show me your ways, and uh, I, I, he showed me a lot of cool things in the process, like led me to verses, I think that might have been the first, like, I started to really trust that when he would say in my heart, like, go to Ezra, you know, kind of like that, (laughs) I started to trust that, and be like, he's actually leading me to a place like this is the Holy Spirit talking. Yeah. And, and when I would go to this verse, um, it would be like, are you serious? Like he knew exactly where to lead me. And one of them actually was a fasting verse in Ezra that I was just like, are you kidding me? How did, you know, he knew, but the big reveal um, and it came by way of scripture and, and just through prayer and just like this overwhelming feeling of, he just said, when I turned 40, the word was abide. I just want you to abide in me. And I think it was God saying, I really enjoyed this time with you. Don't stop. This is your calling.
1: That's
2: good. And I was just kind of like, wow. But then, you know, the verse that says, um, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things that shall be added unto you. It, it was that he was kind of giving me the order. That's good. That's That's good.
0: good. It's, It's funny that you'd say that, you know, Liz, one of the things that we have found with our fasting is, um, you know, we, we try to commit fasting for us is when those hunger pains come up, it reminds you to pray. I think that's like, that sums up kind of how we approach it. Um, yeah. because that is that earnest, you know, you can say that you're going to pray all day, but it's, it's hard to remember too. But when you've got those hunger pains and you're like, all right, I got to pray. Um, yeah. it, it does change things for you in your relationship. And it's so funny. We try to pray over something or get, Clarity over something, and each time that I've I've really done it and earnestly, it's, for me it's this earnestly seek thing that really works. And I I'm mm. similar in that I, um, it it doesn't necessarily mean like clarity for me, except for like God speaks to me in identity when I'm fasting. It's real yeah. like God reminds me of my mm. identity in Him or an identity that He gave me, uh, which brings ultimate clarity. That's so much beyond what He could have done. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and sometimes it's yes and no, sometimes it's do this, um, or that that piece when I say, Okay, I am going to do this, and I feel that overall peace that mm-hmm. I'm supposed to do this. Um, but I think one of the things that's really important with fasting is one, is remembering that it it is to lean in in that prayer life, yeah, but two, mm-hmm. it, it that God oftentimes wants to speak to you in a whole different way than you're asking Him to, um, yeah, he, 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 sure. he really has something bigger for for us um and 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 really i think that my my encouragement to, to everyone here is that if there's something that you need clarity on in your life um i really think that a lot of that is stemmed from an identity that god wants to wants to remind us of and so i think that you know if that's if that if, if you're in a place where you just feel like you're swirling i think i would really encourage people to fast because i think that's where mm-hmm. all three of us have been um yeah and, and it I'll sounds say- like that
1: one thing that just jumped up in my in my heart here was this idea of uh, satis- being satisfied, right? So when we eat, it's because our body is saying, I want to be satisfied. Um, and then, you know, for me, I'm a foodie. So like I can eat a full meal with seconds and then straight up kill a massive bowl of ice cream and then popcorn <laughs> on top of it. You know what I mean? It's like, but there's this thing in in us, the reason why do we get in debt? the reason that our credit cards get maxed out is because we're looking for satisfaction. You know, why do we get addicted to alcohol? Why do we get addicted to television, social media? I mean, because there's something in our soul that says that, wait, there's something else around the corner. There's one more thing that will satisfy me. And, and it's, it's fascinating that the, the, the very thing we're looking for um, is, is found in denying almost every route to satisfaction that we mm-hmm. took before. And what jumped up in my heart was that um, picture of Jesus. And it says that, you know, it's the Middle Eastern sun is probably 110 degrees and he's going, he's him and his boys are walking. He ends up at a well and it says he was tired. He was just kicking it by a well and he was hungry. In fact, the disciples went ahead to go get him food. Mm-hmm. Um, and while he's at this well, we know he was in a state of hunger. So he didn't have food. Mm-hmm. And we know he was tired because it says, and then here comes this woman and he has this conversation and then boom, this miraculous transformation takes place in her life. They came back with food and handed over the cheeseburgers. And Jesus is like, yeah, I actually don't want it, man. I have meat to eat Mm. that you know not of." And so all that to say, like, you know, if you've never fasted before, I would just encourage you to, um, to really just, just try it and when you seek God, watch what happens in the area of satisfaction, mm. and, and you'll actually start to lose uh, the craving. Those cravings will diminish for other things, even things that don't seem evil, because you're like, yeah. man, I've tasted of true satisfaction, and nothing else feels like it will satisfy to that degree.
0: That's a really good word. So uh, let's let's start then with What does this fast look like? Liz, let's start with you. And and I think maybe there's people listening that have never fasted. Maybe there's, you know, people that are that fast regularly, but I don't want this to be a thing that's intimidating. I think there's a variety of ways to fast. Uh, You know, Meg does it. I know my wife does it one day a week and that's her thing. and, And that's kind of how she approaches it. But for this fast, how are you doing it, Liz?
2: Yeah. And can I just say first that I I personally have found it's very important that God is calling you to the fast um, and that you have right reasons um, for doing it. And a lot of the, you know, the prayer targets for the church, those are perfectly good reasons for doing it. Awesome, good, awesome reasons. But um, some people, and I've done this, you take on too much in a fast and then suddenly you're irritable with your children and you're like, I've done this, and and there have been a fast, so after the 40-day fast that I did, I tried to do it again, 41 days for 40-41, and it didn't, I didn't, didn't, it didn't work out, because I don't think my heart was in the right posture, Mm -hmm. I will say that having a corporate fast, I think if those of you who have never fasted, jump in on a corporate fast, because there's something about knowing there's a body of believers doing this too, yeah. And it's like a level of accountability but also it gives you strength and also it, I feel like for me it takes away like if I'm not doing it right then you know the devil or the enemy is on me like you're not doing it right you better just quit now you can just get back on the wheel and do it again but all that to say like I I've prayed and asked lord what would you like me to do and then you know John you know I was hoping he would you know jump in on it but and I you know I asked him to pray for himself too. Uh, first it was just no dinners, right? So I wasn't eating dinner and it was five o'clock and I would get up and I don't normally eat breakfast anyway. I just have coffee and stuff. And so then I, in my mind, I was thinking, well, I better eat because I have to stop eating at five. Well, that didn't work out. I, I wasn't hungry enough. And so I, now I'm going five to 12 because I normally fast until 12. So now I'm starting at five and I do feel hungry, and it is just food, um, that I'm fasting, I'm drinking water, but, um, it's just food, it's just food this time, and, um, I'm not tooting my own horn, but I'm not super, like, addicted to social media, In my TV, TV, uh, can suck me in, but right now, I'm in school, so I, I have that, um, but otherwise, sometimes TV could, could, I'm a documentary person, I could just, like, on Saturdays, just let the Netflix roll, you know, and just, snuggle in bed with the kids and watch something (laughs) so anyways yeah this time it's just food um yeah that's good that's good
0: so you're you're 5 p.m to to noon to to noon yeah okay
2: yeah every day yeah for 22 days uh 22 is just kind of a number for me right now that's
0: great love that
2: yeah
1: dave what about you so I've been getting, so I'll get up at two in the morning. I grab my globe and I'll pray literally for every country <gasps> on every continent. You know, it's just, it, it, this is just kind of an entry level one for me, Hi. you know, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. No. Do you pray what I, for
0: Antarctica too? Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do. There's uh there's explorers up there that yeah, uh, sure. They, they, I'm sure they can feel my prayers uh no i i've been doing um so wednesdays we have life group so i'm fasting until after life group which you shouldn't eat that way yes. so i get home at like 9 nine thirty, uh and i'll have a small meal and and then saturdays we have uh service so if you need a church to go to 6 p.m university place redeemed church olympic view baptist come on out. We'd love to have you there. Um, but I don't eat until after service. And then I'm, wow. I'm and doing one day a week where it's 24 hours, but the rest of the days, um, it's just cutting out the sugar, the bread, any mm. goodies. It'd be more of a, a Daniel fast. I have cut back the meat a little bit, but I'm not, I'm just, I really like all the stuff you shouldn't have. And so yeah. I'm just killing that. And then the other thing, I'm just doubling my time with the Lord. Yeah. Uh, my my family's out of town, so Liz, I can feel you. I remember having kids that were little, and yeah. trying to, to do anything spiritual or focused, it, it was so hard. But uh, yeah, my family's out of town here for a little bit, so I'm uh, I have an advantage. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I have an advantage. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you know, John, my husband, John. He, for all who don't know listening, he does a fast on Easter for three days. And like, that's nothing for three days. And he is so cool, calm and collected and patient with the kids. I'm just like, I can't even go without like, you know, a half a day without eating. And I'm kind of like, i barking at them. And so I actually love it when he fasts. <laughs> I'm like, woo! Just, I learned something from him. So I, that's the Holy Spirit, I think. Well, he's calm anyways, but um, yeah. I did learn that about myself. Like, I, I am not going to take on a crazy, like put it this way, no sugar, no coffee fast right now uh with yeah yeah
0: Yeah. no totally understand
2: i'm just not yeah yeah
0: Yeah. and and that's similar for me too having two young kids uh liz and i's fast will be similar so mine's 7 p.m to to noon um and part of that is i'm actually opposite of liz i will just crush a big breakfast like the first thing (laughs) that i want is like eggs and bacon and a bagel and so that's my that's my like that's where I struggle, and so it really helps me because then I give that time. I go on a run, a, a run, and do prayer, and then I try to do uh, my Bible study in a, a longer, extended prayer time during the morning when I would be crushing some some uh, some breakfast. So, so I'm I'm similar in that, and I think that's a great place to start for a lot of people. Is if there's a time or a meal that you want to sw- uh, skip, that's a great place to start, or um, you know, if you're just starting on this, I think one day a week is a great way to start too. like an intentional kind of, this is a fast and it's this many days or, um, some sort of daily routine. So the other thing I'm doing is trying to do only do social media at a certain time of the day where my emotions are less fragile. And I, it it just, uh, it raises a level of anxiety in me. I don't know why social media, not even, not even bad stuff, just like just keeping up with everyone, the amount of, ways with text and email and social media posts. Now, the amount of ways that people communicate with me, I'm, I'm learning that that's, that's a, that's a, a trigger for me. And so I really feel like the Lord's been asking me to just really stay concentrated on the things that will push his kingdom forward and then catch up on texts and emails and, and social media at certain parts of the day, but not to get consumed by that. Cause, cause I think the Lord's really re- revealing that. And I, I, I challenge everyone. There's a lot of people look, there's a lot of people that too, that don't have the lifestyle where they're, they might be heading into work at, you know, 5am and they're mm. not off until, until, you know, four or five in that day, they're pushing long hours and stuff like that. So I don't want to push people towards the fast that they don't feel called to, like Liz said. Um, so I just use that as an example, but I think the Lord will reveal a way that you can fast and grow closer to him that will fit into your lifestyle.
1: Occur. something that's so cool about that is that, like, uh, I, I do think that I think that if the disciples or just Christians in in general lived today um, in our world, I, I think it would be harder for them. I think that in some ways they had an advantage, um, and in some ways uh, a disadvantage because they were also under rulers that could lop their heads off at any moment. But like Moses. 40 days, what did he do? He got away from everyone. Um, Jesus, 40 days by himself. Elijah, 40 days by himself. And there was this deal like, well, why? Why? You know, I know we can't get away from people at work and we have to raise our kids. Liz, you couldn't leave your kids for 40 days, you know. But there is this picture of like, I, I have to get with God and I have to remove myself from the distractions. You know, even the food thing. I mean, Christian, like, if you're in ministry, I was a youth pastor for all these years, everything we do is, involves food and usually cheap food because we're trying to honor the budget. It ain't even Pizza Hut. It's like Little Caesars, right? And so you're always around this food and distraction. So social media is one of them. It's like I find myself like, why, why am I randomly I pace when I pray? And I just pick my phone up while I'm praying. And I'm like, oh, let me check this. I'm like, why is it? So I've been trying to like keep my phone out of my prayer time um so i love that if you can just remove the distractions um and and make that a part of your fast just watch how hard it is but how beneficial it will be for
0: sure for sure well that's a perfect next question
1: um because one of the things that this
0: fast is not only um for this time but it's also uh for us to begin as a church to commit ourselves more deeply to prayer i i mm. i always, Liz, um, Liz is a, if anybody doesn't know this, I'll say this about her. She's a prayer warrior. She's in Mm -hmm. a prayer room, if you can see this on video. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, we, we've all, you know, this is a continued journey. I know Dave that you, you talk a lot about, you know, uh, you're just always trying to continually fall deeper and deeper in love with prayer and, and that communion with God. Um, and I think that one of the things that, that's, True is that it's not just for the super spiritual the prayer life, and daily prayer life is so important. Um and so you know I th- one of the questions that that came up was, start with you, Liz, like, when did you really start to take prayer seriously in that prayer life, and what does prayer look like for you um, on a daily basis?
2: Um, I've always been a prayerful person, but i I did one side of the equation. I prayed. But I didn't listen and when I discovered like there's a listening aspect to this which actually involves waiting in time um that's when I it started to explode and it was when I kind of hit rock bottom in our marriage my me and and John and I was I used to journal you can see I write a lot um it used to be like journals and I would basically pray out my prayers in like a little letter form and close the book and I'd be like okay I prayed um I don't not sure how much I, I really waited for God's answer with that. I just cut my, this is what my grandparents used to tell us when the doors of opportunity open, that's God saying, walk on through. And that was kind of how I knew that it was answered. Open doors meant a yes from God. And so anyway, um, when I began listening, um, and I, and I needed to because I was like basically in survival mode emotionally, I did hear something back and I did not want necessarily to, um, obey it, but I just knew. And so then when I did that and things worked, then I thought, okay, there's hmm. this is how it's supposed to go down. You're supposed to pray and then wait to hear back. And um so that so prayer life looks for me um like on a daily basis. I mean it's evolved so much in the last couple of years, but hmm. I had to have faith first that God was listening and that he was going to answer and that I could trust his answer. And I document it, um, as you can see, like I put up on post-it notes now, I document what I think he is saying in those times of waiting and listening. And some of them, I can say, absolutely, they were like the voice of God in my heart. Others are probably just like good insights and, you know, scriptures and stuff like that. Um, but when I, it really, I think it really, in the next level would be coming into this room. i I, you know, the book Fervent um, by Priscilla Shire and the movie War Room, uh, a friend recommended I watch that, I saw it, and I thought, awesome, okay, I'll create a prayer a prayer room, and I made a closet out of our, and our other house we lived into, I made that into our prayer room, and then when we moved here, I made this into it, and it, it's not that I don't pray other places, or all day in my head, or in the car, or, or whatever, but I, there's something about, I think, about giving God a space, and honoring honoring it and then i also every time i walk in here for the most part i i declare matthew 6 6 which is when you pray go into your room and close the door and pray to your father who is unseen and your father who is unseen will reward you i just felt that he was giving us some direction about how where and how to pray and he wanted that special place and so by putting up the post-its i come in here and i'm like this is my faith this is his answer so it builds me up and, um, it keeps me going. And so I think I try to come in here at least like intentionally twice a day. That's great. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, so
0: good. I, I think, I think it's so smart to have a, it's not something I do. Um, I don't currently have, but I love the idea of having that dedicated space where you, uh, it's just, it's just a, it's a mind thing as much as anything where you, yeah. you step into it and it, really change stuff now not everyone can do that it could be a simple chair that you sit in it doesn't have totally. to be a prayer closet but someplace where it's you and god time so i think that's a great yeah. idea
2: not everybody is a writer you know or needs yeah. to document things since that is just my that's just my style i i don't feel like i have the greatest memory but yeah. um <laughs> but it so but it does help me and there have things I can go back in here and I I date them too because Pastor Dave knows there are some things that I feel like I hear like I don't even know what that's for I have no clue and then I'll I'll put the date on it and then I'll come back in here and it's like that makes sense when I look at it and I was like god you were speaking so clearly then it's sort of like it's a it's like he's I don't know I think it's maybe it's his humor too the way that he interacts with us like I'm gonna give you a little bit but there's more coming and you know anyway
1: I gotta give Liz props on that though I mean there's times that uh like I'll I'll preach a sermon or whatever and she'll bring up notes from like you know three four years ago like same scripture and this is what God I'm like that is actually a really good memory but uh what what I love about it is that there's just such a hunger that's like uh, I know this isn't quite on the topic but taking notes expecting to hear from god writing what he says because sometimes there's dark days and i need to remember what i heard in the light because it's easy in the dark to remember what i heard in the light and and so i i love that i mean i think it's it's such a good practice so that's good that's good what what about for you pastor dave well uh so i mean hopefully i'm answering the question here as far as like my prayer life or whatever a, a few things that looking back and things that have kind of shaped the way I approach prayer. Like I said, I got saved in the church where we just pray, 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 pray. Um, I asked my pastor, like, how do I pray? And he goes, man, just follow me around the prayer room and just, just listen to how I pray. And then uh, I got around people who pray and, and I'd stay up late at night, just, you know, Benny Hinn would come on. And there's some things I disagree with Benny Hinn's theology. I'll just say that. But um, there, there was just this, hunger to know the Holy Spirit and to walk with the Holy Spirit and have a relationship. And then it developed. And then I noticed though, I came to a point where, and, and I think we all will fight this, I would pray, but uh I was just kind of going through the motions and I was doing the right things. And Liz, you mentioned Matthew chapter six and in Matthew six in that same segment he says, hey, don't be like the hypocrites who pray. They do pray, but they do it on street corners so they could be seen by other people. Oh, and then don't be like the Gentiles who pray and think they'll be heard for their many words. But when you pray, have the right motive, put yourself Mm -hmm. in the right posture. And so I guess that's one thing that I try to pay attention to is that like as a pastor, um, there's always something to pray for. But I can be, you know, short with my wife. I can be uh, unloving in certain situations. I can be uncompassionate and I'm praying to God and yet I'm not doing it with the right heart. And so that's really been my focus. I don't wanna just mm. pray, man, I want, my, I want my heart to be right. Liz mm. also said something else that really resonates. Um, what has amped prayer up is, is either pain in my life, realizing I don't have the control to change it, and I don't have the power to make a difference, or it's been opportunity. Like God puts an open door that is so much bigger than me, or, uh, a calling that is so much bigger than my capabilities. And I'm like, I need God. So literally anything that falls into the category is like, I really can't do this on my own has, has ramped up my prayer life. So I don't know if that answers the question, but that's just mm-hmm. kind of what comes to mind. But one last yeah. thing I'll say this, this really rocked me when I was, uh, looking through the gifts one day and I was like, Oh man, here's the gift of this and the gift of that. And then I'm like, okay, well, there's another passage that talks about gifts and and ministries and you don't find the gift of intercession or a ministry of inter- intercession. Now mm. it, it, it's involved in ministry, but there's nowhere that says, and to this one I gave the gift of intercession or they have a ministry of intercession. And I know in certain cultures, church cultures, that's what we say, or that's our intercessors team. The reason there's no specified gift is because in the life of every child, It is, it's a natural outflow to be an intercessor, to pray. It's just a part of relationship. Some, some have maybe a greater gift of faith. And so they use that more, but I have to remind myself, I'm not going to leave this to, you know, a group of elderly people who show up and they're going to be our prayer people. And then I'm going to focus on this. No, we're all called to intercession. So,
2: yeah. Can I say something about intercession too, Kurt? It's, um, that was another level of how my prayer life got amped up is when you tend to, are we frozen? No, we're not frozen. Uh, you're so stoic, Dave.
1: (laughs) Oh no, no.
2: You're still on there. Um, I'm anyway. Okay. Um, no. Okay. So I feel like a lot of, maybe this is common for like people who are new into prayer or, or, or not full. I don't know. You pray a lot for yourself. And so, um, help me with this and help me with that. And, and, and it's just very like inward focused. And I felt a breakthrough happen when I was like, God, you've heard every single prayer I've ever had to say about myself. I am, I know you've got me covered. And um, it was when I began to intercede for others. Like um, people, I, this is one thing I've learned about prayer. When people come into your mind, whether it's from your past or like that person like on the street that you see, or someone at church, someone you know. I have learned I, and I feel like this. This is God's clue to say, stop. I want I want to partner with you to intercede for this person. And what that does is it takes off this burden of kind of almost thinking about them regularly. Uh, maybe it's someone like you need to forgive or not, or maybe it's someone I don't know. Like. Uh, there's just like this connection with that person and you don't really want to have it. I, I have felt prayer interceding for that person, sort of let that go, that burden go. Um, But, and like, so like Denise, we know our friend Denise who, um, who passed. She was just on my heart for such a long, a long, long time. I felt like I was constantly praying for her and interceding for her, but there was a time like when I felt sort of the burden lift and it's because I had Cause I had prayed for, I was obedient to like the call to pray. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is like, if you don't obey those, like those impressions to pray for people, sometimes there's like this lingering burden, like, Oh my gosh, I have everybody to pray for and I'm never going to be able to do it. And you know, there's my family and there's my friends and there's the church and all these things. And you go into your prayer room, like, I don't even know where to start and I'm going to be in here for two hours. So that can be really daunting. And I have just felt like, okay, if someone comes to mind, like while I'm washing the dishes, it doesn't have to be like super crazy. I'm just gonna throw down a prayer, and I will feel that sort of that pressure release. And then I just kind of go with the flow, and whoever God brings into my mind. So it's just kind of like this running, like belt. Like, okay, next one up. <laughs> next one yeah. up. Is, is that is that something that you that you resonate with that, or or is that too wild? <laughs>
1: yeah no I mean I think that's uh to me and Kurt uh, you can obviously wear and I just I think that's walking in the spirit right that uh for instance the reason God there's no command in the old testament there was there was times that they they were commanded to do a fast but um there there's no requirement to fast in the new testament um you can't mandate somebody else to fast because it's the willing uh laying down of pleasure for uh the sake of seeking God more And I think, again, it's like God wants our hearts. And when you're talking about what you're saying there, it's like, God, I think everything Jesus came to do was to get us off of trying to check a box um, Mm -hmm. to to achieve spirituality and closeness and rightness with God. And he's like, look, there are some parameters here, but I want your heart. I want you in the moment. I want you to, to live with me knowing I'm on demand. And I want like reciprocating relationship and conversation. And so instead of going to my list, which is important, man, I, what if, what if I'm driving and he's sitting next to me and if I just realize like, he's just kind of whispering to me now and I want to be, otherwise we get our half an hour in the morning and then we check in with him like right before bed and then pray before every meal. He's like, no, I, I want to be with you. all Yeah.
2: Day. Yeah. Yeah. That's my, advice. yeah.
0: Yeah. And I, I think for, for me, I mean, you, you have, as you, as you get into a community or as you lead a church, I think there's one thing that, I, that's been interesting as I've gotten into, um, helping with the church stuff is that you, you know, you, you hear a lot of burdens out there and it's, it's heavy. It's stuff that like, I don't naturally necessarily have in my life. Um, and so it's really been an interesting thing where I um, always start prayer. I always have a dedicated time to praying for people in the church in particular mm-hmm. because I know that's a, a different kind of war going on as well, because there's there's things that you know are going on and deep stuff and stuff that needs breakthrough from. Um, mm-hmm. but for me, I, I have a separate time of prayer for me, which generally is on my on my run. I am yeah at best, people call me high energy. At worst, people call me an anxious mess, but I am a mover and a and a shaker and uh and i can't I can't settle my heart. So for me, I do the prayer run, uh which is like going back to my high school days, which has been so great for me lately, where I'd follow the axe model. I don't know if you know that the the adoration, the confession, the thanksgiving, and the supplication. Mm-hmm. But for me, that really helps me to stay centered and stay focused, so my brain doesn't go everywhere. And it's so important for me because sometimes in my prayer life, in my immaturity, I'll go straight to this, the the confession, and then like this is that I need to confess, and this is what I need from you. And yeah. really starting that adoration changes everything for me. Mm. Like when I put in mm. a perspective who God is, who uh, what Jesus did for me, and what the Holy Spirit wants to do in my life, yeah. um, it makes all the other supplications seem to like even my confession of sins, it helps me understand, like man, I am forgiven of that. Now I'm free of that, um, where sometimes we confess sins and then we talk about what we need, and we don't come out of prayer life feeling any different. Um, and so that's mm. that's a thing that that really is is powerful. and and so you know getting in community, I talked to Dave about this all the time, you know, we push community in our church all the time and and community is hard because when you're when you have community, you have more. Um, more opportunities for things to go sideways. And you hear Mm -hmm. more stories of people getting sick and you hear more stories of people having tough relationships, whether with their spouse or with their kids or whatever that is. And and you can really start to bear these burdens. And in that prayer, remembering who God is first and then really start to to prayer warrior into it has been really helpful Mm -hmm. for me because then I don't... The other thing is when I pray for things, um for other people, because of my empathetic side, like I will start to feel that or I'll start to uh worry that I could do more. Does that make sense? Like I yeah. need to call that person or I need to do this. Like my yeah. brain goes into doing versus yeah. like, Lord, this is who you are. Now I'm gonna enter into war with this person to heal this cancer or to, to mend that relationship or to to your will be done in this situation. But really that adoration is so important for me. And if I don't That's do cool. that in my own life, I'm just shooting, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm just really just sh- shooting from the hip, trying to get God to do something for someone rather than really live into what he wants to to happen. His will be done here on earth. So, yeah, it's something that I'm I'm learning how to do. The other thing that's really good for me and I, I hope it's valuable for people that are listening. I know this is going a bit long, but Marty's been really, Dr. Marty's my father-in-law. He's really been challenging me to <clears throat> read a small section of the Bible and then mm-hmm. pray into that section on what God has uniquely for me because of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Liz and Pastor Dave, we talked about this, reading the Bible with the lens of not consuming and getting as much read of the Bible as you can, but rather how much you're changing because you read the Bible. And so mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a, a big thing for me is, is really challenging myself to maybe it's just two, two, two verses and then praying for 20 minutes on it and trying to hear from the Lord on what what this means for me so yeah that's so good kurt anyway hey i think we're gonna cut it off here that was great i really love these conversations and i hope it was valuable for our community uh to just talk about the feast dave or the fast to feast as we call it (laughs) dave any uh (laughs) last words on the fast or any kind of your heart for the fast what you want the church to know
1: yeah i would just say um put expectation on, on God, um, Mm. and on his word. I I find that in my life I I can move. Like we have responsibilities. Um, we got to pay bills and you know, we have just that life can get into this routine of mundane. And then we read in the scriptures about like, like believing big and changing the world and transformation and demons being cast out and all this. And it's kind of like, yeah, if, uh, if I didn't have this nine to five and these little kids and this and that and the other and I think it's like believing God during this fast um, and putting an expectation on prayers that go beyond um, daily life management those those mm-hmm. prayers are very important but some of us suffer from a lack of dream mm-hmm. some of us suffer from a lack of anticipating something bigger than Friday coming at five pm so I can rest on the weekend this life is supposed to be an adventure and i think that uh if if we go in with that mindset we'll see goliath's fall we'll see red seas part we'll see manna come from heaven it it might look different and it might be in much smaller versions um but in your context god is extending miracles but it's Hmm. it's us partnering with him to see those promises come to pass and so Just raise your expectation is all I'm saying. Like step out on a limb and believe God. Yeah, we risk being disappointed, but you know, like they say, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you never take and God is faithful and he's always true. So. Love that. I love that. So you can get everything
0: that you need at redeem.church slash fast, including a, a prayer guide. If you need to grab that, um, with prayer targets for the church but there's just three but really what we want you to focus on is writing your own prayer targets circling them and praying for them every day to where you want to see god move and what god what breakthroughs god has for you so go to redeem.church fast and uh listen pastor dave this has been so fun thank you
1: yeah so fun Thanks. Thanks for letting me be a part of this. I didn't think yeah. I'd ever get the invite. This is awesome. <laughs> oh, please, oh, please.
0: Well, hey, we're, we're excited to have these conversations. And Lise, if you want to, we, we shoot these every week or we we kind of record these every week. And the goal is really just to get practical as a redeemed community. So we'll see you hopefully next week.
2: See ya.
1: Awesome, thanks guys.